Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. In this episode of Conversations, we talk with alumna Casey Griffin on early career advancement and the seldom talked about topic of navigating the search and transition to your second job or your next company. Casey is a 2017 public relations undergrad who then went on to get her master's from Penn State in strategic communications. Casey has recently made the transition from the pharmaceutical agency side of the industry or agency side to the industry side of the advertising business. She is someone I admire as she has managed to set herself up for success so early on in her career. Hi, Casey. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Maddie. I'm happy to be here. How are you? Doing well. I'm happy to always be involved with the Penn State Alumni Association and always wanting to give back to future um, alumni who are looking forward to getting advice and guidance on where their next step might be. That's great. So I guess we could start there. Could you just, you know, expand on your background, you know, your current employer, where you started off right after college, um, and just tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I was a student at Penn State. I was definitely very involved in the College of Communications. You know, I did a lot of things with the John Curley Center of Sports, you know, really exploring what really interested me. And coming out in my senior year, I really was more interested in the advertising space. Um, So I did end up, you know, getting a job in pharmaceutical advertising in New York City. Um, I took an apprentice position, which was a really great transition Um, It wasn't an internship. It was, it was a full-time job, but it was a good transition to from college to a full-time position. So I really push that for anyone who's exploring what their next step is out of college, because it taught it, the company that I worked for was called concentric health experience in New York city. And they really set you up for really learning the skills to do the full-time job that you were hired to do. So I started out there for a year. And after my position was up, I was automatically transferred into a full-time position in the account department, which was client services. So I was really focused on um, COPD, which was the market that I was hired to do. So I focused on launching products in that market for three years. And then I just worked my way up through the rare disease space in that particular industry. And this is with just the managers that I've had really focused on learning a lot. My agency, it was really down and dirty, meaning it was like a really work hard, play hard type of um, experience. So I definitely recommend an agency out of college just because you get the most knowledge and you get to learn a lot and ask a lot of questions. And then currently I've made the transition to the industry side, which is pharmaceutical marketing. So in the past working for an agency, I was working for the marketers. I was their partner. I was doing what they have built the business to do. And now I made the transition to the other side, really able to market the product myself, given the experience that I had. 
So currently I'm working for Sanofi, um, located out of Boston, Massachusetts, marketing products in the rare blood disorder space um, as the patient marketer for a new drug coming down the pipeline. So definitely took me a little bit to get here, but, you know, getting the experience from all the way, even from Penn State, all the skills have been transferable to get me to a marketing position that I'm currently in today. And I want to talk to you about the process of, you know, landing this job that you're currently in, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the process differs from whenever you are searching directly out of college. And, and I think this topic is not often talked about because, you know, everyone's super excited and thrilled whenever you just land that job out of college. But then from there, you know, you kind of feel set for, you know, the first couple years. Um, but that time goes quickly and you always have to be moving fast to advance. So, and I know you had, you know, as you mentioned, many advancements within your former company. Um, but I want to talk to you. So how do you know when it's time to move on and look externally? Um, if you're having an overall positive experience with that employer, but you know, how do you know you're ready for something new? Yeah, I think that's, that's something that a lot of people toggle with. Like if there's, there's that saying that if there's not a problem, don't fix it. I think if you're comfortable, I think that's when people start to think, am I doing enough? Like, is there more I want to do? Am I getting challenged? And that was the situation with me. I just felt like I was at a point in my career where I wasn't really challenged. And I wanted to grow more and the pace that I was in at my current, my former position, I wasn't getting what I wanted and it didn't happen overnight. It was a period of months where I thought about it, but I was, I was happy with my team. I was getting a lot of opportunity, but I realized that it was very routine. I wasn't being exposed to new challenges. I wasn't really exposed to new opportunities and it wasn't my company's doing. It was just the position that I was in. So it took me a little bit to think about what is my next step. So like you mentioned, when you introduced me, you know, I I looked to get my master's because I knew that that would at least give me, not only give me a little bit of time to explore my next step, but it also gave me that stepping stool that if I did want to make a drastic change, I had that box checked and I wasn't really wasting the time. So luckily I was able to make that decision at the appropriate time. And I do encourage that if you're even thinking about getting your master's degree to do it because, you know, it will benefit you if anything in the long run. So I think for me, it was really that, that was the first step. And the second step was, you know, what do I actually want to do? And I did start to apply to a whole bunch of different positions. I applied to marketing positions. I even applied to public relations positions. And I was able to talk to people just to understand what the actual job was. I think the most idiosyncrasy that you hear is that you need to know somebody or that you need to know what you want to do. That is not the case. Just have the conversation, just understand what they want you to do. And then you can understand like, if it's for me, great. If it's not, then move on to the next And that's exactly what I did. I talked to a bunch of different companies and understood like, what is the actual job and does this interest me? And I went from there, you know, it was really a day by day type of situation. Um, So I think it's really taking those little steps 
You don't need to know exactly what the next best move is for you, but understanding what the actual job entails, I think helps you understand where you maybe fit. So I think for me, it was a lot of exploratory thinking and talking to a lot of people. I've talked to people from Penn state. I've talked to people in my current job, just, and clients that I work with just to understand like, what are you doing every day? And how does that make you feel? What is your work-life balance like? So really just having those conversations with all different types of people and networking helped me get to make the move that was right for me. So I think it's important for people to know that it doesn't take, you know, a week to think about this. It takes a long time and that's totally fine to make sure it's the right decision. So I think the number one thing for me was networking and understanding really what could be the right fit for me. Right. And, and it's interesting actually, because you and I, we both went through a similar experience and I think we were both at, you know, between year four heading into year five that we switched. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's obviously not the same for everyone, but, um, yeah, I thought that was fascinating. And can you just talk about, I know it can be a lengthy process finding your first job, but how does that, that timeline of the process differ, uh, for, you know, more of a mid-level role transitioning, maybe from an entry-level position to a manager role at another company, like how far out should you start looking? Yeah. So I think it's like, you know, I know some people that have been at their job for almost 10 years and they have no intentions of leaving. Then you have people like me and you, Maddie, who, you know, we did a couple of years and we were ready for to try something new. So I think it definitely depends on, you know, how you, how you're feeling in your current role, but also you have to give the current role time, you know, give it time to understand the process. You know, it's not always going to be easy. And I think everybody can attest to that, but I think coming out of, you know, you got your first job, you know, you're really working your way up the ladder. And if you're extremely happy and you have a growth plan, you know, you talk to your manager about your goals and you have, you know, a plan for the next year about how you're going to reach those goals, then keep it going. Don't disrupt the process. If you feel like, you know, maybe I could try something else. I really want to try to do this this year, start thinking about it and then start having those conversations. And the one thing that I think is important is that you have to just worry about you and your career. You know, you're building relationships is very important, but I think, you know, getting comfortable is good, but getting uncomfortable is where you want to be because that makes you grow even more. So I would say, you know, three to four years into your current role, you kind of getting the feel for what you're doing. You're comfortable. Take it, take it the next step, try something else. If it doesn't work, then you go back. Everybody does it. And that's not something that I think is talked about enough. You can always go back. And I guarantee that people that you talk to about moving on to something else, they'll tell you the same thing because they probably have done it. So I think that, you know, once you start to get comfortable with what you're doing and you know that, you know, this is going to be my routine for the next, you know, year or whatever that looks like that timeline, then you need to start thinking about is my career growth? Like, what does that look like? And then if you think about, well, I could probably get more opportunity in this position think about talking to somebody about what that level looks like and where that move looks, because I think that will get you on that path to thinking about your next career move. And maybe it's in your internal organization, which is awesome, but maybe it's not. And I think that's 
something to start thinking about. So I would say once you start getting comfortable, which is usually three years in, then you start thinking about, okay, what's my next move? I know I'm going to do good. I'm knowing I'm going to be great, but I want to be challenged. So I think it's, you know, understanding that and then making that move from there. And then there's a lot of things that actually are different, um, in the actual search process. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you're finding your first job, you have the backing, the direct backing of the university, you have your advisors, you have career fairs. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, whenever you move on to your second job, you might only have the network of your internal company. And if you're looking to go external, it can be challenging because you don't want people to know, you know, that you're looking elsewhere just yet. And, you know, can you kind of talk about how you reached out to people and how you made your network larger um, so early on in your career? Yeah. And I think that's a great point to make that you don't want people to know because it is, you know, you want to be loyal to your organization and that's fair and respectable. And that was a big fear of mine. I don't want people to think that I'm looking somewhere else because, you know, that causes, that causes a little bit of hostility um, and anxiety within the organization. I really utilized LinkedIn and it's okay to message or connect with people and say, I'm looking to just set up a conversation with you. Um, would like to keep it confidential that's totally fine to say. And I've, I've done that. And people really respect that. Like when I was going through the process, you know, a great thing about being a Penn State alum is that we do have such a great network and people, everybody in the association wants to help you. Everybody wants to help anyone because they know what it's like. Um, so I definitely remember that. And I definitely utilized LinkedIn the best. Um, I made sure that not only that my settings were appropriate, but I also made sure that when I was reaching out to people that maybe you never know who knows who. So I did make sure I said, you know, I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, if it's okay to keep this confidential, I would love that. Just, just to make sure that, you know, they, they understood that this was just a one-on-one between you and them. You really just wanted to have a sidebar and everybody respects that. So I think utilizing LinkedIn and just making a note that, you know, this is between us. It's a little bit confidential. You know, I'm just starting to explore. People respect that. And they, they're doing that because they've done it themselves usually, or that they just understand. Like I would just be upfront and say that because it does go a long way and it gets you in that door. So I would definitely utilize LinkedIn and that messaging process to make sure that it is confidential And also, you know, talking to people in your network is also not a bad thing. Don't shy away from that. But again, you know, there is that trust process there. It's confidential. So you have to know your people. But if it's really something that you're interested in, I would just make sure that the person that you're talking to knows that it's confidential and you're just looking to have a conversation and they will respect that. This is a business. Everyone's professional in this world. And if there, if that isn't the case, which I, you know, I have not come across in my, in my time. Um, but I do think that that's worth the conversation. Um, so I would just make sure I utilize LinkedIn, connect with anyone and just send them a message and just let them know that 
what you're looking for. You just want to have the co- a conversation, give them your contact information, just say it's confidential. And usually um, they respect that. So I, so would I guess, that. so, so I just want to know from start to actually signing the offer letter, was it six months? Was it eight months? Was it four months? How long was that process? For me, starting to look um, for my first, my, my current job was about seven months and it was a very long seven months. Um, and for me, it was really about finding the right fit. Um, it took a lot to not settle, which I think is something that I'm very happy I didn't do to this day. Um, I think it's really, culture is so, so important um, in the organization. You want to make sure that you like who you work with. And I think that's super important, especially as you know the working environment has really changed today post-pandemic. I think that making sure that you not only know that you're going to work well um, with the people that you're working with, but also that you're going to grow there. They really value personal growth. Those were things that I really asked about in my interviews. And it could have been the best company ever that I got an interview with, but if they couldn't offer me those things, and if I wasn't really having a, a really great conversation with the person I was speaking to, I didn't want to move forward with that because I don't want to work somewhere where I know that I maybe not be growing as fast or as efficiently as I probably could have at the other place. So I think don't settle, make sure that you're happy where you are. You like the people that you're going to work with and they value you. They value your growth. You're still, you know, a human. You want to make sure work-life balance is there. So for me, it took about seven months to get there and it took a lot of interviews and a lot of Zooms, but I think, you know, just having patience is so, so important. And I think that everybody needs to remind that it's okay as long as it takes stick it out. It will work out. Um, don't settle. That's the one thing I could definitely attest to. Um, and then I, I just want to talk a little bit more about the interview process specifically for roles that you really wanted and the difference between maybe your first job out of college. Um, I know I found that the interview process, uh, was extreme more uh, demanding and more interviews um, within the company, you know, meeting with seven, eight people whenever, you know, my first job out of college, you know, they, they might not make you do that because they know that you have more limited experience. Um, and in a second job or, you know, second, third or fourth role, they expect, I think, a little bit more of you. So could you maybe just touch on did you find anything extremely overwhelming or how was the actual interview process? The interview process was exactly how you said it. It was demanding and it was very intense. Uh, to be honest, it was a lot of different people at a lot of different levels that I was talking to for one organization, meaning that I was having eight different inter- interviews in one week for one company. And if sometimes I was interviewing with two different places that was at least eight people for each company over a span of two weeks. So that's a lot of people that you're talking to. And that's a lot of people that you have to be on your, your game with while you're already doing your current job. So throughout that process, I made sure that I had questions prepared. 
throughout the interview process for me, as I said, I was interviewing and looking for about seven months. You know, I'm the questions all seem to get pretty similar. So what I did to prepare for those was have my questions and answers prepared and read them over, make sure that I know like, what are they asking for in this job and what's, how can I relate? And did I have every, you know, example for every responsibility in the role that they wanted? No, but I had something that could apply. So I made sure I had that written down and I just knew I was familiar with what I could say. So if they did ask that question, I at least had it in my mind ready to go because you'll do realize that a lot of the questions, they're pretty much the same. They might just be asked differently. So it was a definitely a lot of, you know, question and answer, but also just being prepared for having those examples ready and also being just being yourself was super important to make sure that like, if they said, you know, what did you, what did you do when it was um, like some questions were pretty, you know, on the spot, like what name something that something bad happened and you had to fix it. It's like, you don't want to talk about a, a time that something bad happened or something went wrong. You say, well, you know, I learned a lot. There were challenges. Like you, you find those niche words that really help you alter the conversation and really bring it back to that. You resolved it. And this is how you did that. You, you know, you have your questions prepared to make sure that you can answer a question productively and not really, you know, spin the interview process. Um, but it, it is overwhelming. But I will say that most of the questions are pretty much the same. So just don't overthink it. Just have your questions and examples prepared and you'll pretty much be able to alter the example to fit the question. It's really just being able to take a breath and really acknowledge it. Repeat the question back to the interviewer so you can give yourself a minute to grasp what they're asking you and then respond confidently and calmly is the tactic that worked for me. That's great. Um, and then I guess lastly, I just, not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I always have this saying that sticks with me. My former boss at my last company was a tremendous advocate and mentor to this day for me. And she, but she likes to remind me that, uh, no one cares more about your career than you do. So is there any, you know, sayings or tools or, you know, tips, advice that you want to end on? Yeah. I love that. I love that advice too, that your boss gave you. And I know that you've, you've Maddie given me so much advice myself in my career search. One piece of advice that someone gave me this this process of getting into my new job was, and it's, you know, everyone's heard this before, but be yourself. And it's something that you feel like when you're interviewing, you have to really prove yourself and, you know, really show that you are more than capable of this position. You just, you are worthy, you are deserving. But even in my current job today, like I have to really truly remind myself to just be myself, you know, don't try to be someone I'm not because what there's no worth in that. Like I am a human, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to answer the question right all the time. You know, I am going to learn from those mistakes though. So I think that has really gotten me far to this day, but you know, through the interview process specifically, you know, if I had a band interview, I know that, you know, I did my best. If I said the wrong thing, I wrote it down and I learned it for the next time. I think really just being who you are and not sugarcoating it 
is important because you, you want to make sure you're authentic and you're really being true to yourself, not only to the company, but making sure that you're vibing with who you really want to be in, in life. So I definitely think being yourself is something that is so simple and you hear all the time, but if you really think about it, you need to make sure that you're being who you are, because if not, you know, you have to go through this process and it it gets harder. It's exhausting. And you have to really do things that you maybe not want to do. So I would just be yourself and be okay with making mistakes. Everybody does it. Nobody's perfect. So I think that's something that to this day, I still have to remind myself about. Casey, this has been um, amazing. I think you know, college students, recent grads, and, you know, even anyone who is looking to make their next move uh, can find helpful. So thank you again for your time. um, And we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Good luck to everybody listening. And, you know, reminder, be yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.